we're going to do it right. Because Rod, if not at the end of the day, they can lose both family and business. And that is a really sad thing. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Rod here at A Better Way to Farm. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. You know, our goal is to increase yields and improve profits. We also have a mission to improve lives. That's why sometimes we dive into things other than just the production side of stuff. And I'm super excited today. The individual that we have that's going to share with us, as I was reading her paperwork, I think the thing that impressed me the most was her focus statement. And it says, as a professional speaker, I'm on a mission to share leading edge, best practices, appreciation, laughter, and celebration with the people who feed, clothe, and fuel the world. I believe if we laugh, engage, and relate, we will learn and apply. That I can get behind, and I appreciate it. So this individual is a professional speaker. She's involved in business and family consulting, and I'd like to welcome to our episode today from the great, great state of Iowa, living in West Branch, Jolene Brown. Jolene, welcome to the call. Thank you, Rod. And I'm also a real farmer brown, you know, (laughs) so it's good to have those roots running deep in agriculture. Yes, it is. And it's exciting to have people who fully understand ag. I think that's the, we often talk here at, at A Better Way to Farm that there are so many people who are involved in agriculture who really can't tell the difference between a John Deere and a reindeer. And so the people who are doing, well, I mean, it's true. And the people who are doing the chores and, you know, the people who are going to be outside, as you know, we've got a weather storm coming here in two days. And those of us who will be outside taking care of cattle when it's eight below zero with a 40 mile an hour wind, look at it differently than the person who's never, ever done that. And so I appreciate the fact that you are fully versed in all of it. So Jolene, let's dive in here. Talk to us. How did you get into this? Well, when the land values crashed in the 80s, the haunting words coming down our country rose were bankruptcy and suicide and murder and foreclosure. And so I started by helping people build an internal bank account when their external one is gone. And what that taught me from that day forward and for the next three decades is we in agriculture have all kinds of resources for production. We can learn about weeds and seeds and breeds and feeds and money machinery and marketing, yet it's the people that do all of that work. So beginning back then, I was helping the human side of agriculture, and that certainly morphed into family business because, again, we work so very hard to build up a business that we want to transition, a legacy we want to continue, but we don't do the work to make it happen. And then we end up with a real mess. So one of my talks is called Stop the Fighting on the Way to the Funeral Home. (laughs) Yes, and I've had a a chance to look at that outline. Let's just go down that road and talk about how it is. What are some of the major things that we could do? so that the next generation actually can take over and flourish as opposed to take over and struggle or maybe not even end up taking it over at all because they fight all the way to the funeral home and go get a lawyer. Talk to us about what that looks like. Well, I first have to tell you that as I work with those in family business, I don't mediate, I dictate. I've been at this for (laughs) over 30 years and they kind of taught me what works and what doesn't. And so my consulting tools that I consider to be most important in a family business is that I bring a mirror, I bring a box of tissues, I bring a roll of duct tape, and I bring a short two by four board, and I use them all because we we have to, (laughs) but we got to have the mirror because most people want me to fix somebody else. You know, if dad would just give up control, if mom would just say what's on her mind, if those kids just had a work ethic, well, if he hadn't married her, we'd be okay. You know, fix them and we'll be fine. 
I always have to hold up that mirror because it is those at the table that need to do the work to make the good things happen. And then also I have to bring up the mirror of reality because I didn't say what has happened to them in the past has been right or fair or good, but we have to start with where we are at today. And sometimes that's not a very good picture, but we have to start with the basis of reality. And then I bring the tissues because Rod, there is always emotion. There's anger or fear. There's worry or tears. And when emotion and logic collide, emotion always wins. So I got to deal with emotion so we can get to the work that needs to be done. And then there's the duct tape, not just so they'll be quiet and listen to each other. But sometimes I have to literally take them to their chairs because there's going to be somebody in that family business who wants to say his or her piece. By golly, this is how it's going to be. And they walk out the door. Or there's someone who says, oh, this is getting so hard. I'll go get some coffee and cookies. I'll be back in a little bit. Nope, you got to be present. And then I bring the two by four because sometimes there's no other way. You just got to let them have it. So since I have been at over 400 families, plus all those on phone, by Zoom, beyond at their kitchen tables, they've really taught me that there's things that you need to do when the times are good. So we don't have fighting on the way to the funeral home. And the very first thing is, You cannot assume just because you were raised together or born in the genetics of a family that it's a good working relationship because being part of a family first business is different than being part of a business first family. And here's the premise. About 95% of everybody who contacts me is operating as a family first. Oh, let's not rock the boat. You want to come back to the farm? Come on back. We'll make it work. We don't want to get dad mad. Gosh, I think there's a will. Oh, we'll just all get along. We love each other. And they're operating their future on a habit, assumption, a hope, and a tradition. When that works, I call that luck. Now, being part of a business first family means that it does not mean you demean the family. It doesn't mean the business is more important than you, the family. But what it means is we love and honor you, this family, so much, we better get the business right. So being part of this business is conditional and it is not a birthright. And I got to add one more thing. A family business is not a place to rehabilitate a family member. You know, if there's somebody in your family who's angry or addicted or arrogant or lazy, you don't hire them. Nobody else would. Please hire family members well because it is darn hard to fire them. Interesting. Interesting concept. Can we go back? I want to ask about one thing and maybe make a point on something else. Talk to me a little bit about this whole idea. I believe you are correct. I agree with you. But the idea of when emotion meets logic, emotion always wins. Elaborate on that shortly, please. Well, emotion turns off the logic of the brain. (laughs) It takes it down a whole separate pathway out there. And when we get emotional, we don't see that there's actually ways to work through the logic to do the work. So I must acknowledge that, for example, I had a mom at my table and it was getting hard. You know, people were getting kind of testy out there. And I had a box of tissues with me and I just shoved them over to her. And I said, you just go ahead and cry this out. And as soon as you're done, we'll talk about it. In other words, we can't ignore the emotion, but we have to learn how to work through it. So we will continue. Emotion cannot be our excuse for doing the work that needs to be done. And the same thing when there's anger, sometimes you have to take a break, but it's a three minute break. And when you're back here, I always have two rules when I work in family business. Since you know the agenda ahead of time and you've had a chance to prepare, while we are at the meeting, if you do or say nothing, that means you agree with us. And if you choose to leave, it means you're going to abide by what the rest of us decide. So with that in mind, we're going to let them know there is emotion, but there are consequences for that emotion. And that is, if you want to get the work done, you've got to work through the emotion. Absolutely. And that sounds really amazing because, yeah, I... 
I appreciate that idea so much. And then I love this line. We need to be a business first family, not a family first business, because in one way, I suppose in the family first business, we're basically running it on emotion and on the business first family, we're running it on logic. Well, business first family uses tools, tools to help them honor that family by doing the business right. I said, it doesn't demean the family. It just means we love this family so much. We're going to do it right. Because Rod, if not at the end of the day, they can lose both family and business. And that is a really sad thing. You know, I had a a grandma and she's in a nursing home, but I'm working with the next generation in their 60s and early 70s who have kept this business going and they built the business. But mom and their mom in the nursing home owns all of the land. And they said, would you go and talk to mom? We think there's a will, but we don't even know. And I said, does mom want, does, you know, does she want to talk to me? And they said, yes. So I went to see her and we had a great visit. And she said, you know, Jolene, I'm not going to tell my kids what's in my will because right now they all come to see me. (laughs) (laughs) She told me what's in her will. And I said, if you carry this out and you're the only one who can make changes, if you carry this out, I want you to know you will break up your family and they will lose the business. And I also want you to know I'm not going back to them, nor would I ever tell them what you and I talked about. But I did go back to them and say, I think all of you need a plan B because I don't like plan A. So this is what I mean when we have to have communication and transparency as we go. We need to make sure that it's not a birthright. We've got to be treating this as a business. That's truly how you love and honor your family. That's fantastic. And I can appreciate that. You know, one of your lines here that I read out of your highlights talked about forgetting to use common courtesy. Let's explore that a little bit. Well, that certainly is your lowest cost and highest return in any business, especially in a family business where we keep things close to the chest or we just assume they know we love them or we care about them. And if they do something wrong, then we'll tell them. And so what I want them to know and think about how long has it been as you have different generations working together? that the senior generation has said, I am so glad that you are in this business. Were it not for you, I would have given up so long ago. And thank heavens you will deal with all this technology because I don't want to have to do that. I'm so glad that you're here. And wow, what a good idea that was when you did such and such. How long has it been since the next generation has said, you know, I couldn't be in this business without you. There's no way I could have started at ground zero and be a part of something that you have worked so hard to build and allowed me to be a part of the business. I want to thank you for that. You know, it's those daily things where you start looking for something good in the other people that good things can happen throughout the day. But if you start negative, those little mosquito bites start to build and build and build. And pretty soon you're going to have a volcanic eruption and then you're going to have people leaving. We want to make sure that we understand this is your lowest cost. It doesn't cost you anything to say that. And how many of us have had a parent say to us, you know, I love you, right? Or sure, I love you. But they've never come out and flat out said, you know, I really do love you. So use that common courtesy. I celebrate the good things that they do. Find ways to include them in the blessings that you have built and that you are going to transition. Let them know that together we're even stronger. And you know, when I have large groups and enough time, because sometimes they have full day workshops, I love to divide them into the upstarts and the old farts, <laughs> they get to choose what side of the room they want to be on. But one of the first things I do is that I say, okay, talk, talk amongst your group. What does this other group do, do that drives you absolutely nuts? And the second thing is, why do you even need them? And the third thing is, what keeps you up at night? And what's funny is the upstarts all say babies and the old farts all say bladders. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
<laughs> but as we okay. beginning to say things that we need in each other, I make them take a step forward. And then pretty soon we're back in the middle. We're back at the family business with multi-generations working well together. Interesting. I'd like to pause for just a moment because this would probably be a great time, Jolene. I'm relatively certain older than you. We run a farm. We also run our Better Way to Farm business. And I would like to publicly say how much I appreciate my youngest two daughters because I am struggling. I wanted just to make sure I could get the Zoom call to work today. And my youngest daughter, Kayla, set that up. And her and Karen tend to run all the technology side of this. And I appreciate them very much. And I will take into account what you've said and try to do even a better job of, of showing that. I want to go back. You mentioned this, but I think it's important because this is where it gets sideways on us. Being part of a business is conditional. It's not a birthright. Let's go deeper down that hole, please. Well, I do not want moms and dads bringing in the kids. And I don't want kids working for moms and dads. I want leader managers hiring worthy employees, earning the right through labor to management, to leadership and potential ownership. And as you march up this ladder in a family business, I do want everybody to start as labor. I want them to understand the business from the ground up. I want them to have the long hours, the ugly jobs, scoop, poop and old equipment. Okay, start at the bottom. (laughs) But, you know, you hired them well, so they're good at something. It might be animal welfare, animal nutrition. It might be marketing, machinery. It might be agronomy. It might be what you're good at something. So I am going to have you be in charge of that. And this now you are now managing. And as managing, you learned how to deal with the money, the bills and the expenses and the profits of that area. You have to make sure we have a common goal in our business for that area. You have to make sure the work gets done. I didn't say you did the work alone, but you got to make sure it gets done. But you manage that. And gosh darn, you did that well. And you're, now you get to manage this and you get to manage this. But I always have to remind the senior generation at the pinnacle of your career, you get to become labor again. We kind of forget that one, don't we? <laughs> and, and yet I had a fellow talk to me at an American Farm Bureau annual meeting. He said, you know, I think my kids would just like me out of here. I just think they'd like me gone. They probably wouldn't even mind if I die. And I said, oh, I don't believe that. I happen to know some of your next generation in your business. Because I've done your young farmer and rancher meetings for four different years. I've gotten to know your kids. And, you know, they don't want you dead, but they need the wise master. And, oh, do we need you? Never kick a farmer or rancher off the farmer ranch. That is their soul. And they have what I call grit. They've ridden the roller coaster of perseverance during the tough times. But as a leader and moving on to mentorship, your job is to ask them questions like, gosh, that's a great idea. How are you going to manage your risk? Or have you ever thought about contacting this person for what you're going to do? That's a new perspective you might do. In other words, you are there for encouragement based on your experience. Because as you march up the triangle from labor to management to leadership and ownership, the purpose is that the rising generation learns how to lead and the senior generation learns how to leave. Always needed, always respected, and being worthwhile. That's extremely important. In a business first family, we march up the ladder. We don't bring in kids. We hire worthy employees. And I know there's nothing they want more than to bring in the next generation because we need some help around here, right? And I know the next generation wants to come back, but there are certain requirements that I insist they're prerequisites before you even invite a family member into the business. And if you don't meet those prerequisites, then please don't hire them because you are setting yourself up for a lot of problems and maybe even failure. Do you want to hear the prerequisites? Yes. Okay. First of all, what do you bring? (laughs) 
if we're going to hire you, you've got to have some skills, some energy, capital, technology. What, what do you bring? Second of all, do we even need it? Just because you're really good at something, does this business need this? Are we going to have to change the business plan? Third, what does it cost? Everybody in a family business comes with their handout. They want a paycheck. Many want health insurance, maybe dental and optical. Oh, is there a retirement plan for us? Would the business please provide me a pickup to drive and the fuel for the pickup? Oh, and the farm needs to pay for my smartphone and my iPad and part of my computer back at my home. And then, you know, would this business please provide me a house in which to live and pay for the utilities? Ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. What does it cost? And here's the kicker, Rod. The cost has to fit into the cash flow, not the net worth. You know, I've worked with huge businesses. I mean, we're talking multi, multi multi-million dollar businesses, but never have I heard a business say, oh, we're going to hire somebody. And so in order to pay them, we're going to sell two acres of land a year or one acre of land a year. You know, we're, we're going to sell cattle. No, it has to fit into the cash flow. So what does it cost? But here's the real challenge. Does your cost to the business equal the value you will bring? Next one. You better work for somebody else for at least two to three years who's a non-family boss. And please don't shortchange this step. There are about 30 lessons you learn from a non-family boss, and parents are not the best teachers of those lessons. Again, I know you want them back, and I know they want to come, but make sure that after they have an education that will benefit the business, hopefully, that they are working someplace else, learning those lessons. So when they come back, they do come back with management level ups and skills. Now, the last two are kind of fun. I always ask the next generation, are you still living at home? And is your mother still doing your laundry? <laughs> I'm looking for maturity <laughs> and emotional intelligence here. If you're still living at home and mama's doing your laundry, they're still mommy and daddy, and you're still their little boy or girl. Please understand, I don't want parents bringing in kids. I do want you to hire as a leader manager, really good employees who earn the right to march up that ladder so that the transition can be successful. That's awesome. There's so much there. You could write a book just on that section. I'm going to back up because I think that whole idea of the transition with the triangle, and it gets real sticky at the end of the career of the older person. And my experience, and I've been working in ag my entire life, but it seems to me like for most farmers, there's about a 36 to 42 month time frame between the day they absolutely completely quit farming and the day we bury them. And that's very disturbing to me because I feel like they no longer have a purpose and therefore it translates into them not being around very long and then all that wisdom gets buried. And so I can really appreciate what you're saying there on that, not trying to be in charge of everything, but being appreciated and having that wisdom be needed. So I thank you so much for that. Off of your points here, what would be your next one that you think would be the most important to share with people as they're working at this process? Well, we presume that a conversation is a contract. I am just like the people there when it comes to communication. The more I have to communicate with people, the more I like hogs. Because if I don't like little bitty, I'm going to send her to market. I can't do that with my kids or moms or dads, right? Okay, so what I have found, and this is very important that you understand this, is that people in family business lie. They do. Now, they don't mean to, but gosh darn it, Rod, when they say the same thing over and over again and don't do the work to assure it will happen, what else do you call it? So here's the three biggest lies in family business. Are you ready? Here's the first one. Work hard. Someday this will all be yours. The second is, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to retire. And the third is, oh, you don't have to worry about your brothers and sisters. They've got their jobs. They're not interested in the business. Now that's true until you're dead. 
And since everybody's very interested in the assets of the business, you have to make sure that you have that transition outside of a will, because wills are changed on a whim. You have to make sure that that transition is very clear. A conversation is not a contract. And after the people are done with my presentations, they clearly understand that if things are not in writing, things do not exist. And so I always have to remind them, what do successful legacy businesses have clarified and in writing? And again, it is so much easier to do the production stuff. But what do you have to have in writing when it comes to people? Things like the prerequisites before you hire a family member. How about do we need a code of conduct because people of different generations think and work differently? Do we have a way to deal with conflict at the mosquito bite level so we don't have fighting on the way to the funeral home? They Do they have a business overview so that those coming in can see where they truly can add value and what the business does 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. It's a one-page outline. I, I just trained under Peter Drucker, who's a wonderful leadership guru, now deceased. But he taught me the value of being able to describe your business in one page. And from that, do you have a managing people chart so people know their jobs? You know, I do so many young farmer and rancher meetings, and I hear time and time again, Jolene, I can't do anything right, but I don't even know what I'm supposed to do, but I can't do it right. Okay. And so... <laughs> What are their jobs? And when you have a managing people chart and you assign who's responsible for this area, who does the work, and it's usually one plus others, who do you have to consult with before you do it? Well, that might be the owners. And who do you have to keep informed? Well, that might be your banker or your advisor. So we begin to see what your job description is. And then based on the value that your R's, which are your responsibilities, and your W, which means you work, based on that, we set your salary. You know what kills motivation in a family business? You pay everybody the same thing and they don't give you the same result. I have one family right now where I have one who works hard and the other one who hardly works. But Jolene, we had to pay our kids all the same. I said, if you were a business, what would you be paying these employees? You know, does their value equal their cost? And so we have to make sure that we get this done right. When it's done right, then we have a chance to sit together happily at a holiday table. If you don't do it right, we got ourselves a real problem. Interesting. You know, I can see that in working with you, I, I think one of the, I've often said that it's, you know, it's easier to push a broom or scoop the corn or drive the tractor than it is to go to the office and think. And uh, Truett Cathy, I heard him speak one time, the founder of Chick-fil-A, and he said, thinking is hard work. That's why most people refuse to do it. And I, you know, I, I believe what you're doing here is you're making all of us think. And so that's a, a, a great thing. Well, you we, I had a father-in-law who thought if you're not outside working, you're not farming. And so all of that desk work, all of that QuickBooks, all that stuff. So I told my husband, would you put on your farm hat? Would you sit at your computer? <laughs> so I can say to your dad, you're really working. <laughs> but, but, but again, I have a husband who can only do that just a few hours a day that I, I got to get outside. You know, he drives them nuts. Yeah. But this yep. means, it. you see, honoring your family by doing management does not require equal time but does require important attention. And so how do you put this in? And when it comes to that communication, I want them to do three things, especially during the peak time. I want you to have what I call morning huddles. You can do this by your smartphone. You can do it with your iPad. You can do it in person. It might be seven o'clock and they're 15 minutes at the most. Here's what we're going to do today. Here's where we're going to be. Do you have what you need to do it? Do you need some help? And now let's get to work. Okay, morning huddles. Uh, put us all together, same page, same time, and save us a lot of stress and anxiety during the day. Then once a, a month, 
I want them to use that outline of their business. And I want them to circle things that need to be addressed. These are usually the management types of decisions or information that needs to be shared. This is set, for example, the first Thursday morning, every month, 10 a.m. We don't intentionally schedule anything else. Not during peak times. Yeah, we're real flexible on this. But you can only discuss the things that are circled. And if nothing's circled, don't meet. Don't waste time. I know why people don't meet. It's because of the way the last one ended, right? Too emotional, took too much time. Nobody did anything. Well, let's do it right. And then if you are a structure, such as an LLC or corp, you better be having your required annual meetings, certainly to make sure that you have a summarized well, what the year is about, where you've been, where you're heading, what's going on for information. But I want you to have your annual meeting if it's required for liability as well, because many of us carry an umbrella liability insurance for our business. And the business writes out that check for that umbrella liability. So if somebody have something happens or somebody gets hurt, the insurance covers the business to do that. There's somebody in Ohio and another one in Oregon where someone was injured on their farm. One was agritourism and one was a, a machinery accident. And the first thing the owners did was they called their insurance company and said, are we covered for this liability? And the first thing the insurance agent said was, show me the minutes to your annual meeting. What? Oh, my. You didn't have an annual meeting? Oh, so you're not acting as a corporation. You see, we insure the corporation. We do not insure individuals. It went to the highest level of each state court. The farmers lost both cases. One insurance company ethically chose to pay it anyway. The other one did not. So do what you are required to do. This does not have to be a dreaded process. It can be a time which gives great assurance to the people in the business, succession that a business can continue, and you're going to sleep a whole lot better at night. You will have some peace of mind. Wow, that's big. That's that's really big. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so as we are coming close to the end of our time here, Jolene, what would you want to say to everybody as you close this out? Please understand that working on the business and the human side of the business is vitally important. If you do not do this and you do not do this well when the times are good, then it's really hard to do it when the times get tough. You know, I get called in and we got to fire dad <laughs> or <laughs> or the, the in-laws. By the way, in-laws are your best friends or your worst enemies. And right now I have six businesses where the person leading the business is the daughter-in-law. <gasps> We're trying to keep her from owning anything. What do you mean she's got to lead the business? So for example, when I was with the family and everybody knew, including me, that the daughter-in-law needs to lead this business. She has exceptional in education, experience, character, personality, worked herself from the boots on up. She needs to lead the business. And I said to dad, do you know that if you nominate her and everybody approves and she accepts, she can fire you? She's going to tell you how much you get paid. Do you know she's going to evaluate your work? Is this what you want? And dad said, oh, we need her. We need her. Okay. And then I said to her, if you accept this, not only do you need a real sharp mind, you're going to have to have a real strong spine. Her first week in the business as leader, she made them $51,000. Wow. Any guesses how she did that, Rod? Uh, she fired somebody. She fired the deadweight brother-in-law who was an alcoholic, had been driving the farm equipment up another road, almost his school bus. And she oh, said boy. to everybody at that table, we have a brother-in-law, a brother and a son. 
unconditionally let us love him. Let us get resources so that if he ever chooses to make better decisions, he'll have the resources to do that. But in a business for his family, he is no longer working here. So here's the problem. Then I saw dad a few months down the road. And I said, how's it going with Rachel leading your business? And of course, I knew about the first week. And he said, oh, she's exactly what we need. She, she's really good. And I said, okay, tell me something, dad. You led this business for over 40 years. Why didn't you, as a leader of the business, fire this alcoholic employee who put everything that you did at financial risk? And he looked at me and he said, well, Jolene, I wanted our son to hate her and not me. Wow. This is why leaders have to have not only a strong spine, I want them to have a mentor group, like a mastermind group of other peer group, peer leaders, not related to them and not in competition with them. But there are people all across our country who are working with each other and the leaders get together. And and as I start these conversations and get them set up, I say, there's three things on your agenda. Each of you have to share something good that happened has happened since the last time you talked. Second, what's a concern or problem you're working on you'd like some help with? And third, tell us about a goal, a dream that you still have in the business. That is your only thing you can discuss on these groups, but that helps assure the spine is stronger and has support. So we have to make sure that we do this right. But I think the last thing I wanted to celebrate, oh, there's so many ways I could go. We we do need to celebrate. We need to pause to applaud all that we have done. You know, we in agriculture are like the hamsters on the wheels. We get burnt out, worn out, stressed out. And then we say to the next generation, oh, come jump on the wheel with us. So you get burned out, worn out, stressed out. What if we actually pause to applaud all that we have done? When do you do that in your family business? You know, this is a blessed time of year, this Christmas season. Honor your family, celebrate the joys, the celebrations, give them support, commiserate together, but let them know that you are there for each other. And then we have the joys of having a business. We're going to run that business well. We're going to celebrate and look how far we have come. I am so grateful for you and don't forget to celebrate. You know, during our peak time, especially harvest, everybody is just running around working so hard. And we've always said to our little girls, we had two girls, we have two girls, but when they were three and four and a half, I said to them, you know, this is what's going to happen at harvest. Mommy and daddy are going to be out there doing this and we're going to need your help. And then I said to them, but when we're done, how do you want to celebrate? And they said, we'll tell you tomorrow morning, mama, at the breakfast table. And here they were the next day, mama, daddy, when you're done harvesting, you know what we want to do? We want to put on our fancy clothes and dance in the kitchen. What? <laughs> they, had, they had been flower girls at a wedding. They had the cutest little dresses, hadn't had them on since the wedding. My husband and I were hosting hostess and we looked pretty good too. And oh, at the reception did the four of us dance. So, you know, in a, in a fundraiser in a community, they often have a thermometer and they fill it in 5,000 is raised and 7,000 is raised. They fill it in and 10,000 is raised toward the goal. So on our refrigerator, we had an acre thermometer. Every morning, mama, how many acres are harvested? They fill it in. Next day, daddy, how many acres are harvested? They fill it in. And pretty soon the shoes are out. How many acres? And now the dresses are on the bed. How many acres? And we're done. And they are so excited. And then my husband, Keith said, oh man, now the work really starts. I got to get that spray winterized. I want to get some soil moved before the ground freezes. I need to. And I looked and there's tears going down the faces of our two little girls. And I said to my husband, are you sure you don't just have one hour? where you can put on your fancy clothes and dance in the kitchen. And we danced. I wish our farming and ranching families out there have a chance to celebrate, have a chance to dance. You've worked so very hard. And in the deep dark of the night, 
It is the people that will give you the most joy or they can bring you the most pain. So let's do this right. Wow. This is, uh, this is great stuff, Jolene. I appreciate it. Let's do this. How would people who hear our podcast and know they need some help, how would you like them to reach out to you and contact you? Well, the best way is certainly by email and to give us some times, my office manager is Carolyn, to give us some times when it would work for a conversation. But I got to tell you something, Rod, they got to be ready to work for me. Oh, I will listen carefully to them and I will understand. The first phone call, there's no charge, but we do send them ahead of time questions that they need to answer before they get this complimentary one hour phone call because I don't want to waste time. And I've got to make sure that my work can be of value for them. But I had a call. I take a lot of calls while I'm driving. I have the hands free. And I had a fellow who's very successful as a leader, president of a school board and president of a co-op and president of the church council. But he's running his family business as a family. And there are huge mistakes making and we're getting mutiny on the bounty. And so I listened to him. I'm driving in a long drive, 45 minutes. I'm on the phone asking questions. I'm listening. I said, okay, so here's the deal. You've told me that this is a family business and I need to understand the family. And I, so I've listened about the family. I said, so here's what I got to tell you. If you want to honor your family and be a family first business, then go ahead and good luck. But you know what it takes to lead. So if you ever choose to work on this business and the management and leadership skills so that it can continue, then you can call me back. But right now I wish you a Merry Christmas and good luck. And I hung up. He was not ready. Okay, so the way that you contact me, my email is jolene, J-O-L-E-N-E at jolenebrown.com. If you just Google Jolene Brown, you're either going to get me or a pole dancer. So so add speaker. I know that because I do Google alerts. I can tell you when she's had a busy week. (laughs) So email is the best. We would arrange a phone call. Make sure you answer the questions that we send you by email or I don't have time for you, nor do you have time. I want this to be a time where you don't become overwhelmed, but you know there are next step things you can do to make this a true business that will honor the family. So the best thing is to email me. They can also go to YouTube. I've got videos, uh, Jolene Brown, and they can also just go to my website, jolenebrown.com. They'll see information there. But the bottom line here is, There's nothing better or worse than being a family business. And I want us to opt for it being better. That's awesome. Jolene, I want to thank you for your time so much. And to our listeners, guys, I appreciate all of you tuning in. I hope you got as much value out of this as I did. And I hope that some of you will be inclined to reach out and utilize her services and fully embrace what you can do here as we pass this farm on to the next generation. You know, as always, thank you guys for tuning in. And we just want to say we hope you're having a better day. A better way to farm.com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.